0: Innaka la tahdi man alaikum salah. Welcome to the Young Smirts podcast. I'm here with Sheikh Abdurrahim McCarthy. Salaamu alaykum, alaykum
1: salam rahmatullah. How's uh,
0: well, So this is a bit of Turkish, yeah?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm that's, it's about, uh, it's limited about that now, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. <laughs> no, I got before, a bit, alhamdulillah.
0: Just before we begin, i just like to tell everyone please go subscribe to the YouTube channel Young Smirks. Also, like the video, share the video, and also if you can support us on the Patreon link in the bottom as well, inshaAllah. Asalaamu Alaikum, Sheikh. Asalaamu Sheikh. It's been a long time. Yeah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I'm surprised you've not done a podcast before this.
1: Yeah, this is. And the crazy thing is, I was with you guys from the beginning. I know. We are about setting up and talking about doing yeah. it and this, subhanAllah. Now you guys are plus 50, and here I am. Yeah, alhamdulillah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. So, how are you doing? Good, good. Alhamdulillah. Everything's
1: good, man. Alhamdulillah.
0: So, you know, um, I've had a few requests from some of the brothers um, over the past year since doing a podcast. People are like, why are you not getting McCarthy on, Sheikh McCarthy? Hmm. You know, because they know I know you. So, uh, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, finally we're here.
1: Alhamdulillah.
0: Sheikh, I first met you a few years ago on Peace TV, and uh, we had a good time out there.
1: Yeah, that was fun. And uh,
0: we, we, I interviewed you for a series on um, family. Yeah. So hopefully, I'd like to possibly, we, maybe we can do a few podcasts about this in the future. Inshallah. Um, but That's for this sense. one, I wanted to kind of, you know, introduce you to my audience. Uh, maybe speak a little bit about how you came to Islam so How did you find Islam, Sheikh?
1: Well Alhamdulillah, you know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, we plan but Allah and Allah plans and Allah is the best of planners الله الله الماكدين, SubhanAllah You know a lot of times we're looking for something in life, you know, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with hidayah along the way And something very interesting I'm going to share with you. I've never actually shared this before so you'll be the first. So I mean. you're, you're my man, so I have to give you something special for this. Because so I talked about how I became Muslim several times, yeah. and I think each time I kind of little bit, a little, little, little more out, you know. Like you saw the one time I did with um, uh, Mufti Mink and, uh, and Sheikh Tawfiq Shodri, where at the um, Light Upon Light, the first Light Upon Light in London, and I told, and they made a video about it, a clip drugs to Dean. So I never had told that part about the drugs before. Yeah. So I always mentioned in the story that I had put, you know, some goals and objectives. From I was 18 years old. But I, you know, I realized the lifestyle I was living—you know, uh, uh, with with drugs and crime and and, and what have you—I I wasn't going in a good direction. I wasn't mm. ready to leave all of that. But I realized I had to organize it a bit better. Mm. So I put for myself goals and objectives that I hope to accomplish in my life. And I put, you know, like it was probably like five goals or something like that. And I'm gonna tell you, inshallah, what those goals were. And mm. uh, this I never mentioned before. This is the first time so I mentioned nice. actually what the goals were. So the the, the first goal obviously was that my money situation, even though the the business I was in, which obviously was (laughs) breaking some laws, but I was doing okay, but I wanted to do better. I wanted to make sure I I got my my money to a higher level, is more stable and and, and more strong. So the first thing was the issue of getting my money straight. The second objective that I had was uh, to get my own place. I was living with my parents, my grandparents, uh, so I wanted to get my own place. This was the second thing. The third goal was to get what we used to call back in Jahiliya, like your main girl, you know? You have the main one. So it's not like, it's almost like the wife or close to the wife, you know? So it's not, it's something, you know, that, that's also yours. That's the main thing that you go to. So I, I didn't really have that in my life at that time. So I said, I need to have that in the flat there for me, you know? So that was the, the, the third, and third thing, or maybe the fourth thing, I think, and then there was the car. The car might've been before. Cause you know, you, you used to, we used to try to, you know, drive cars that wouldn't make the police look at you as a young guy, unemployed at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Riding around in a really expensive car all of the time, yeah, obviously, it's, cl- it's clear what you're up to. But if you have like when you go out to the club or you go out to certain areas, you have mm-hmm. a nice car for that. So that was like the, the, the fourth thing. That was the fourth objective. The fifth thing was to get my health back. Because, you know, I got into a life where, you know, smoking about a you know, pack of cigarettes a day, uh, drinking heavy alcohol, smoking like an ounce of weed at least a day, you know. So my lungs wow. and my body is really like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm an athlete. Mm. I'm a basketball player, you know, mm. and all of a sudden, like I remember I, I used to, when I was young, I'd run from the police. They couldn't catch me. Then one time I found myself, I got in a fight with these Mexican guys. The police are coming. They, mm. they start to chase us. I'm running into the back of the schoolyard. I get to the fence. I used to, these big fences, I would go over them like they weren't there back in the day. I get to the end of the fence. I'm like, <sighs> I can't breathe, you know? Mm. So I was like, this, this is not a good place to be at, you know? I mean, a lot of things in life, you realize it doesn't, it's not like I say. It's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. And he, you, you can be a Muslim. You can be a non-Muslim. You can, be, you can realize, hey, this is not good. Like some, like some brothers who are a bit overweight, and, I, and they're they're in their prayer, and they're getting up from sujood and they're like, oh, bro, that's a, That's a sign. You, you got a problem. You know, you got to yeah. work on your diet, and hit the gym. You know. So I realized that you know I have to get, I have to get back in the gym. You know. Mm. And also, you know, I was really skinny. You know, skinny white boy going to prison in the future as well. You have to think about. You have to bulk up a bit. So I'm thinking about, you know, get, get in shape and, you know, and, and get my health back as well. That was the, the, the fifth the fifth uh, goal that I have for myself. The sixth goal was to become more religious.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it's, it's, it's something inside the fitrah. There's something missing. There's something missing. What is it for me? My idea of, of religion is I'm, I, I was I was a born Catholic. Mm. I'm going to be more devoted to the church. I'm going to be more devoted to the Bible. I'm gonna do some good deeds. This is what I'm thinking about. I used to wear my gold cross. I wear my gold cross on, on, on my neck, my gold chain with the gold cross. I tried to read the Bible, but I found it was really boring. I mean, I really, I didn't, I didn't like it, I didn't enjoy it. I read a couple pages and I get really bored. But I was trying to make that part of my life, grab the Bible, grab the Bible. And- Of
0: course, for, for an Irish American, yeah, yeah. religion's quite important, right? Exactly yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Catholicism, yeah? Exactly, yeah. I mean, my, my mother, she was a Protestant. Because my, from my mother's side, they're actually English. So they were from the ones who actually migrated early to America. So they're Protestant, all of them, or, or even Baptists, I yeah. uh from, the, from that side. So then he, But my mother, she was blessed all throughout her life to marry Irish men. <laughs> so my, my father was Irish. Her husband now is Irish as well. Her first husband was actually Italian. But uh, then she married my, my father, Irish, and then now her, her husband also Irish as well. So she be, kind of became Catholic with my dad, I guess. Oh. And then obviously her husband now is Catholic as well but a lot of a lot of uh you know Christians in the West now they've left Catholicism because of the issue of the you know the corruption in the church and what have you even my father when I sat with him he was uh, he has kind of like his own form he's not really doesn't really identify himself as Catholic now he has his own form of mm. uh, of Christianity he's still Christian mm. he believes in Christianity and um but obviously he's left some of those and i and I, and I, I believe I'm not speaking for him but Many Christians who I met—it's because of obviously the corruption, exploiting children and what have you, in the church—that's that that, why they left. Yeah. A, uh, you know, the, being, being Catholic. Anyways, and if, so that was my objective. You know, and I'm thinking like you know the dude in the mafia. You know, he, he's out, you know, doing his thing, and then, and he's, you know, Sunday he's in church. Mm. You know, give a little sadaqah, a little charity, and things like that. Do some good deeds in the community, things like that, and then he's back to business. So this was my my thing. This is what mm. I was gonna do. But I, I, I realized that there was something, you know, that, that spiritual side was missing. Mm. And obviously, I, I, as a born, you know, Christian, that's all I knew. That's all I knew It was Christianity. So my thing was that I need to find that spirituality through my religion. Mm. And I'm thinking that it's because I'm not practicing my religion properly. You know, I went to Catholic school when I was in grade two. They ended up kicking me out because mm. I was such a good student. <laughs> but, you know, um, I said, I'm going to find spirituality through that. So what happened is that one day, uh, one of my partners in crime, uh, his father was a Muslim, African-American brother. Mm. And he's actually uh, the guy I used to buy my drugs from that I would sell. Mm. So I would go, and he, so I'd go in, into Washington DC and I would buy from him. And then I'd go and sell to my clients, what have you. So he was the, the bigger one in the, in, in the business, but his father was Muslim. Mm. And you know what, he was very aware of me in the beginning. You know, who's this white dude come around he's got to be like a cop or something mm-hmm. you know? no white people in the neighborhood just just me coming through so um even i, was, I remember there's a brother with us studying in medina when i told him about the neighborhoods i used to go to in washington dc he's like how'd you used to go there as a white boy you know <laughs> and he's like because uh he, he said for me as like he, he used to be a cop in dc before mm-hmm. he became muslim he said we, we would be nervous as police officers going in those neighborhoods you know mm-hmm. but I, 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 and it, the funny thing was i think when people would see me going in they thought he has to be crazy coming in mm-hmm. here so they were <laughs> They'd be a bit reluctant to mess with you, and that area, anyways, because I was with my friend who was well known, mm. so nobody would mess with me in that area. But other areas, yes, I mean, people probably just thought this guy's crazy. What's he doing here? So mm. anyways, and he, as I was there, going to you know, do what we were doing, um, his father, you know, obviously he got to know me over the you know, the course of time, so he you know let me come in. He said, so and so's not here. He said, if you want. You can, you can wait downstairs, he has his Sega. Yeah, I don't know if mm. Sega's still around, I know we're getting old now. Huh?
0: Sega Mega Drive.
1: Yeah. yeah, he said you can play with his Sega you know, downstairs and, and, until he comes back. Went downstairs, the Sega wasn't there, he took it to his mother's house. So I'm sitting there in, in the basement waiting for him. And I noticed that he was reading the Quran. Mm. And he had um, the, the reciter in Arabic reading, and then the translation in English, and he was following with his, his, his translation, just sitting there in the living room. And I was always intrigued about Islam because many of the rappers during my time they talked about Islam in some of their music, so that kind of got in there. I had read the uh, autobiography of Malcolm X, and also I had seen the movie, which came out later, with uh, 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 produced by Spike Lee with Denzel Washington, obviously, mm. about Malcolm X. So I had, you know, some curiosity about Islam, want to know about Islam, but during my time, you know, because what people don't realize. Mm. The misconceptions and what's happening now in, you know, spreading lies and falsehood and misconception about Islam. This is nothing new. Mm. This is from the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is what the media during his time used to do, mm. and people don't realize this. Their form of media was to, you know, they'd send a, a messenger mm. when someone would come into Mecca. They'd send them right away. Sp- oh, he's from an important tribe. Send him. Say, be careful of this, this Muhammad. Uh-huh. He's, he's, he's going crazy. He's got this Quran. Be careful. You know so they would send it to, to warn right away so once again negative propaganda, mm. lies, misconceptions spreading it from the early mm. times so it's nothing new mm. during my time they focus on spreading the issue of the nation of Islam mm. you know the white man, the white man, the white devil and what have you so me being a white guy even though all my friends were black basically but I'm, I'm thinking you know, no way I can be a Muslim because you know it's the white devil right mm. that's what we're hearing on the news here on the media and even during my days with this guy, I remember name was Khaled Muhammad. He's one of their big preachers, you know. Mm. And they were always bringing him on the news and his racist things against white people and stuff like this. So this is in my mind. Mm. So I went down and I sat down with the brother because I was I was bored and I was listening. I actually, I went up on the stairs and in in, in, the, in the basement. I'm just listening. And I said, okay, let me go and ask. Let me. Mm. I, I want to learn more, you know. And I said, can I sit down? And I remember I stepped on his prayer rugs with my with my with my tims, and he was like, ah, you know, <laughs> I didn't know that was just a rug. I didn't realize what it was. And he was like, I said, can I sit down and ask you a few things about Islam? He said, so one of the first thing I asked, I said, can I be a Muslim as a white guy? Or it's just, you know, just for you guys. I don't know. You know that's, what, that's what I hear, right? And he laughed. He said, Islam is for everyone. He said, if you're, you know, black, white, brown. He said, even if you're purple or pink, it doesn't matter what color you are. You know? oh. said, it's for everyone, Islam. Alhamdulillah. So, so he wasn't a nation of Islam. No, no, no. He's a proper Sunni Muslim. Yeah, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Yeah, so, and um, even his, 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 his uh, surname he had taken was Abdurrahim. Mm. Which is why, which I, I, I didn't think about at the time, I can tell you if you ask me later why I chose the name Abdurrahim when I mm. became Muslim. Um, but he, his, his surname was Abdurrahim, so he changed his last name. Mm. And this is something that, and he, uh, as an issue for discussion, should Muslims change their names or not? But I think when it comes to African-Americans, and this is something I'm not because we always, the fiqh mm-hmm. ruling, they say keep your name the same. Mm. For you, Mithin Fontaine, for me, McCarthy. Mm. Uh, these, are, these are names that we keep. We keep these names, they're our family names. You see, you mm-hmm. can't change these names, it's Islamic, mm-hmm. you can't change it. But what about someone who is given the, the name of a slave owner?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It might be a bit of controversial, mm-hmm. but this is the reality. This is, what, yeah. this, is, this is what Malcolm X talked about, you know. Mm-hmm. Why did he change his name from little to X? Because he doesn't know where he's originally from. Yeah. So if, if you have a, an, an African American whose name James, mm-hmm. Jackson, Johnson, Smith, it's from the slave owner. Yeah, that's so where he's getting the name from. Yeah. So, Islamically speaking, should the ruling be different mm. from from me and you?
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. I th- I think they should change the name. Yeah, because so It's
0: like trying to connect with your original identity. Yes. if they can find out, maybe yeah. through
1: like you go through these these answer sessions, you can find out where you're originally from. Mm. You can do records and find out your name. Take that name, whatever wherever it comes from in Africa, whether you, whether it was a Christian background, for mm. example, or you know no religion background, mm. or a Muslim background, it might have been. Find what that name was, if you can. If not, then let's adopt a Muslim. That's that's the way yeah. I believe, yeah. I think it's. And it's, so I think the fifth issue is different from yeah. you know, from race to race, obviously. I think that you know that's something important um, that they, they I would change it if I was them. Like I think. You say,
0: if someone like us, like McCarthy, is a hmm. real Irish name, yeah. right? You know, it's a, you know, I mean, even me, you know, my my name, it's like if I would have changed mine, even my first name, changing John. Hmm. It would have been a mass disrespect for my family because my father's John, my grandfather's John, is you know, it's kind of like a tradition. But like you're saying, like for for like the African American, maybe. No, the first name, now there's a difference. Mm. The first name, and even this, I think this
1: is a big mistake that we fell into in the past, Mm. was always changing our names. Mm. I've talked to this before with Brother Anthony, uh Green, Andreas, Brother Hamza Zortis, and, and we we've talked about these issues before we shouldn't have changed our names. It was a mm. big mistake, mm. all of it. Even my name is Stephen. If if I, I try to go back to it, I don't know if you noticed, Like an, an, I did a tour in 2019 in the UK, mm. and I put Stephen on all the posters, people were like, what's this, you know? Because mm. uh, I want to go back to my original name, but I mean, everybody knows me as Abdurrahim yeah. now, so it's, it's very difficult for me to change. Mm. But if I could do it again, I wouldn't change it. Mm. It's it's a good meaning. Not, the Prophet, mm. Ali salatu wasalam, he would only change the name of uh, the, the negative names. For example, uh, Abu Huraira, yeah what's his name Abdurrahman ibn Sakhr his mm. Abd Shams was the name before Islam mm. this meaning the the servant or the worshipper of the sh, uh, of the Shams of the sun so mm. the Prophet would change names like that yeah okay Makes but sense. It, but if but if a name like i remember one of our teachers our professors in medina you know sometimes the asian communities they 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 take a name from the quran or from this mm. and they don't know what it means or from mm. any arab name so we had a student with us from indonesia his name was Halik which means the one who's destroyed so Sheikh was like, what is this? It's this is not permissible. This type of name needs to be changed, even if it's a Muslim name. Yeah. We had one Muslim brother uh, from Sudan. His father named him Gandhi, you know. So like this is not really a name a Muslim should have, obviously. Yeah. The point is, is that and he, our first name should stay yeah. the same as long as it doesn't go against Islam. Yeah. So my name, Stephen, people are like, oh, Abdurahim is a great name. But so is Stephen. Yeah, Who was Stephen? Saint yeah. Stephen, he was the one who was calling to the Tawheed. He was calling to the way... Yeah. Of Isa, and he was actually the first martyr in Christianity. They killed him because he was calling to Torhi, he was calling to he was calling to the true way of Jesus Christ. So, this is why he was John Yahya. Yeah, exactly. So, these are beautiful names. Why would we change them? And the family names as well, you're not supposed to change them. You're supposed to call them to to their fathers, and those are our fathers. But when it comes to our African American brothers, if his name, for example, is John, keep John. But if you have that name before, because that's something negative. Mm. You're now carrying, and that's that's what we took from from Malcolm That's the slave owner's name. Don't say now like no, you're actually carrying the slave owner's name. That's not that's not something positive. That's not something good. So then he, the fact they have these names, they're usually British names, by the way. You know, they don't have they don't really have. There's not too many Irish names like that because Irish we came later yeah. to America, right? It's usually like the the, the proper like yeah. you know Johnson, Jackson, Smith type type mm-hmm. names, and, th- th- and that's that's a negative thing to have that. Even in some place in Saudi Arabia, for example, when they freed the slaves, you'll find a former slave named like a Dosiri or something like that, mm. where it goes back to he took mm. the name of the slave owner. But mm. we have to look into this as well and Islamically, because and he, does it have origin as well, where they would take the name of of the owner or something like that. Mm. I think it looks derogatory, but something I and mean, it looks negative. But mm. we could look into it inshallah and see. But I think it would mm. they, it would be the best for them to change if they could find their original
0: name. But if not, then to change it, Allah knows best. Mm. SubhanAllah. So you, you was a from what I've got from your story so far, by the way, I've never heard your story to Islam. Yeah, so this is all fresh to me. But from what I'm getting from your story, you was a drug dealer. <laughs> or, yeah, that's it, yeah, Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah, alhamdulillah. I mean, and you, so, you, so you're asking this uh, drug dealer's father, who's a Muslim, yeah. you know, can you become a Muslim? Yeah. So the
1: interesting thing about this is I come from a very good family, mm. very successful family. And even, you know, from some of my family members who are very wealthy, and I didn't have to take that route. There was, no, there was no need for me. It was actually kind of foolish. And you know, I think about it now, I was like, what an idiot, you know? Yeah. I could have become a millionaire working for my father, you know? Yeah. But it's just... What, what was it? I any? Mean, and this is so important because what does it come back to? It's, it's the company you keep. Yeah. That's why Islam really focus on yeah. choose your friends, choose yeah. your friends. What did the Prophet, والسلام, he, say, he said, yeah. look at the hadith. He said that the individual is on the religion of his friend. He didn't just say influence; it's mm. He said Ala He's on the religion. That's how much he influences you. That mm. you follow his religion. Mm. That's why he said, "Alayhi salatu man He said, "So let you look look, look good at who he, uh, and choose his friends properly. Mm. <laughs> choose your friends make sure you, you choose your friends properly because this is the influence. It's gonna, mm. this is how much he's going to influence you. Yeah. And another hadith he said, "Alayhi salatu he said, Only befriend a believer. وَلَا يَأْكُلْ إلا that, he, And he said, don't let someone eat from your food except for the one who's Taqi, the one who's pious. And the scholars, they said in the explanation of this hadith, what's meant by this, first of all, befriend a mu- mu'min, a believer, that's the first thing, not, not a kafir. Uh, and why is this? Because we say, oh, that's, that's rude. That's, mm. No, because they're, they're, they're different. The mm. things they're calling to that are halal for them, mm. that's normal for them, it's not for us. Mm. And that's why we when we talk with the youth, they say, and he, you can have friends who are not Muslim, mm. but the ones you hang out with, your yeah, boys. Yeah. That's why mm. the Prophet Ali sallam, He's mentioned breaking bread here, mm-hmm. having food with, because the ones you invite over for, for food are not the ones who are what they're, they're you know distant from you. Some guy you barely know. The, the ones who are close to you.
0: This is interesting, and, and this advice was in a Muslim, a, a largely Islamic society. What about a society that's largely non-Muslim? Exactly. It's even worse, right?
1: E- even more so. You need to make sure you that's why when, when you read every Friday in, in Surah Al Kaf, one of the any the advices that come to you right away and one of the commands, because it, life is tough. Life is tough, is a challenge. You know, getting to Jannah is gonna to be tough. Stay away from the hellfire is gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be a mm-hmm. challenge. So how can we do how can we be successful? How can we stay safe? Allah says, you yuriduna wajha." Make yourself patient with those who are calling on Allah night and day. They want the face of Allah. They want to be successful. They want Allah to accept from them. Allah says, "Wala And it, do not make your eyes go far away from them. And it, keep them close mm. to you. Mm. You have to keep your friends close to you. Yeah. The, the, your brothers who are, who are striving for the same thing. Who are striving for Jannah. Keep them close to you. because They're going to mm. help you. If you become weak. Mm. Yeah. They're going to help you stay strong.
0: This so is such an important advice. Especially living in a non-Muslim society. Mm. You know I had a friend and he was the same thing you know he's from a very very wealthy family he didn't need to do that life you know but he was selling drugs you mm. know just for like the street cred just for the buzz just for to be you know in that environment that, that,
1: that's what happened to me now cuz as we go back to the, the the question one of my friends who i met he kind of like took me under uh, under his wing yeah. and he kind of taught me this you know the, the swag or the style of our area because for me i was coming up you know the white boy from the suburbs uh, watching you no know, rappers on TV. So I would, I would wear like, you know, like the guys in New York wear and stuff like that Which is really do, looked down upon in our area. We're, we're from the DC area mm-hmm. So we have our own style in DC mm-hmm. So he kind of taught me, you know, what not these like, you know, you can't wear that you have to wear like this we you know we said we had our own mm-hmm. our own swag our own style that we would we would wear and So he started teaching me how to dress how to act mm-hmm. how this he's the one introduced me to like the weed this is before the chronic came out all this mm-hmm. in the early 90s He's want to introduce me to all this stuff. I, now, like I said, I was an athlete. Another group of friends I had, they the, all of them used to smoke except me. Mm. How did I start smoking cigarettes? Was hang around these guys. How did mm. I start smoking weed? Hang around these guys. How did I fall into alcohol? Being Irish, it was it was the <laughs> it, was, it was the natural thing to do. I love stunts, but this is the environment I'm in. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone around me, from from I'm a baby, everyone's drinking alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see my my my, my father, uh, my my grandfather. My father ended up quitting by the way because mm. he, he he lost one of his businesses mm. because he used to drink too much and then he became very successful once he left alcohol mm. and then once again common sense he realized mm. hey this is taking me down so he was able to quit but I would always see him drinking when I was young yeah. I would see until he quit and then I would see my grandfather always yeah. with a beer in his hand
0: I, 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 found, I recently mm. found an old photograph my yeah. first uh, trip to Dublin yeah, and I must have been about seven. I had my first like half a Guinness. That's it, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I used to go cycling with my. Fa- I don't think people realise like the culture. of Not Muslims, right? You know, the Muslims they don't yeah. really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to go cycling with my father, and on the way home, we'd stop at the pub, and he would get me like half a lager, because it was cheaper than half a coke. You know, you know, and I'll be like that on the way home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even in Ireland, by the way, that it was the custom before that when the baby was like teething or couldn't sleep at night, had pain, they would give him like a little bit of uh, a little bit of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. To, or, or 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 I don't know what that whiskey yeah. they, they told me there they, they would put it on yeah. the gums and they would yeah, yeah. You know, give it a little bit in the bottle so you could you know go to sleep easy nowadays I was that child of so they couldn't do it yeah. nowadays but that was the custom yeah. until recent in Ireland, yeah so and he, my, even my 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 uncles my yeah. uh stepfather I mean everybody grew up yeah. they're drinking around me so this is a society I came up in that's how I came up so I, yeah. I fell into all of these bad habits yeah. from being around these things yeah. so that's that's really what what took me down so this guy when he came his family from you know his brothers and his cousins they were big drug dealers mm-hmm. so we're sitting there one day all of a sudden these guys pull up like these big you know corvettes with the rims even though this in dc wasn't the style this was because they were from down south you know the guys from down south with the gold chains the gold mm-hmm. teeth and all this you know so they they, they roll up in, into virginia in our area with these you know uh, you know they had their jeeps and their corvettes and all this i was like what's going on here what's this you know we only see this on tv and he started explaining the game of hustling and this mm. And then I was like, this seems interesting. And then like you know, the lifestyle we're living, if you can get, get some quick money. So the guys I'm hanging out, everyone's doing it. So I'm like, yeah, this is quick money. It seems, so I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm in this environment. And I was, you know, the area I lived in was very close, but I would live in the more suburb area than the more inner city mm-hmm. area. But it was, it was like, you know, uh, you could walk the distance very close. And that's actually, I was born in the area, but then my family moved out from there to a nicer mm-hmm. area. But then I ended up back in the same area after i be, I, 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 or before I became Muslim. And that's where I was doing, you know, all my dirt, I guess you could say. And, and subhanAllah, that the crowd I was in actually is what pulled me into all of this. Even mm. my father, and my family couldn't understand what's going on with this guy, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, he's got a good life in front of him, but he chose, you know, like the street yeah. life. What is this? It's, it doesn't make sense. But I, I was really into it, man. I was really, really into it. And I was just, and I became like a proper thug, you know, and. and, mm. and
0: um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned like they, they, they kind of teach you how to walk, what to wear, this, that. And it really is the religion, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, the Sunnah of the Prophet sallam, it literally teaches us every single detail of how to live mm. the best human life, right? That's it. So after uh, I became Muslim, yeah. that's when I
1: started to, 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 to implement those things from the Sunnah of the Prophet sallam, subhanallah. Mm.
0: Yeah, So alhamdulillah, I asked
1: his father about Islam mm. and you know, not like the, the lads or the youth of today, even though we were gangster and all this and doing all this crazy stuff, we used to read, mm. you know? We didn't have the, the things like we have today where, where people were busy with their phones. And we, we used to, you know, we take a book and read, you know, mm. and educate ourselves. And, you, you know, you had, you had certain things which you, which you had to read, you know, like The Art of War and, mm. and, and, and Machiavelli and the, the Prince and all of these type of things. But, you know, the, the, but at least we would read. We, mm. we, would, we would read these types of things. Uh, so I, I asked him, I said, do you have some materials, some books that I could read? And he gave me the books, but I didn't, you know, read. I read a little bit when I was on the, on the way home on the train. Um, I read a bit about, you know, Jesus and Islam. But I, I, you know, I had the books and I left the books on the shelf. And I said, always it's important giving da'wah. You plant the seed, you give the pamphlet, you give mm. the little book. Maybe you don't benefit. How many mm. people we know that he became Muslim through a book he found in his mm. parents' library or in his, or in his relatives' library? I just library.
0: did a podcast, yeah. a, a brother, um, a graduate from Medina, uh, Brother Abdul Haq, he found the Qur'an on a bin, on a trash look at can. That, look at that, yeah.
1: Can
0: you imagine? So Subhanallah.
1: And then you see that, that that's the yeah, source yeah, of Hidayah. Yeah. So I had the books, yeah. I left them on the shelf of my house, I was eighteen years old. I was living the life I was living, you know, just li- like a madman going and coming. So one day, um, I was coming back from uh, inside D.C., and we used to have a thing back in the day where we would smoke in the car, you know, with the weed, you know, mm-hmm. with the windows rolled up. So you get, you know, and we, so we're coming back across the border into into my state, and it was just like, you know, we're in another world, another dimension. Mm-hmm. And this guy, you know, and, and you can only see in front; of you, you can't see what's happening on the <laughs> side of you. Uh, so this this guy comes and cuts in front of us. We get into a car accident. I didn't have a driver's license. The police were gonna run. I waited for the police, the police didn't come. At the end of the day, I said, you know what? Since they didn't come, no need to go to jail. I'm looking, this is like, our little areas I like read, right there's like little hill going up, woods. I'm like, you know, the house we hang out with my friend where we you know, do all, all our stuff, it's right there. I said, if I go this way? I said, I should be able to come out. And the police are just, they, and even though the police are everywhere in this area, for some reason they weren't coming, like five minutes, seven minutes. I say, hey, look, I waited for you guys. You guys didn't come, you know? So I just start running, man. You know, and I was like, hey, try and stop. I left all my things in the car, and this, and it was it wasn't registered in my name anyway, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me. I could buy another one. So I just start, I just start running, man. And it was interesting because they come, you know, uh, I, I see my friend with his father, and his father had his thing. He was always in and out of jail himself. He couldn't speak much English. They were from uh, Guatemala. So I come and I, and I see him work under the car. I have no idea how to work on cars, but I run up in there and then I get under the hood with him, you know. So he's looking over at me like, you know, what's this dude doing, right? <laughs> and uh, the police are then looking everywhere, you know, and even the helicopter and this, and they're, they're coming through with their lights. And, but I'm there. He didn't say anything, and I ended up staying there for the night. And then the next day, and then, you know, next week, I don't have a car now. I have to get a new car. I'm trying to organize myself again. And I remember these books. I was just bored sitting in my grandparents' house. I remember the books I have about Islam. So I took a, a book. It wasn't the best book. It was called Islam, de, it, was, it was called The Religion of Truth. Mm. So, uh, and, but it was good for me, alhamdulillah. So there's like four main things that that um, that really stuck out to me. The first one was the issue of tawhid, monotheism, and the difference we have in you know in Christianity, we believe in the Trinity, which we can never understand, and such a clear understanding of what faith is. Mm. That was a huge had a huge impact mm. on you know, and they said, um, and it, one of the things that really stuck out to me was. You don't need a middleman. You don't need an intermediary to to, to go between you and your, and your creator. You go straight to yeah. you go straight to God. And for me, for example, as a Catholic, we we used to have to go to confession.
0: Mm.
1: And you know, you sit in a box with some, you know, some priest. And you can barely see him on the other side and you confess your sins and then he forgives you. That's really mm. it was like really spooky, you know, it was really weird. Mm. So now I, I don't have to go to this this guy anymore. I can go straight to my creator. I said mm. that makes sense. So that's number one. That, that's, mm. that 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 had me sold right there. I was yeah. ready then. But the book was like almost like 80 pages, 75 pages or something, you know, Uh, like bigger than 85 size. I read it all in one sitting. It was a Thursday night. So subhanAllah, uh, the second thing was how a Muslim relieves himself, Mm. believe it or not. And I didn't know what that had to do with the book. Now, if I think about it, I would never put that in my book. But the the guy had a good intention, I guess. And he said that a Muslim would relieve himself. First, he would isolate himself Mm. from the view of others. And then he would sit down in order to make sure that no impurities would get on his clothing so he stands in front of his creator in a pure state. which what sounds nice, right? But what really, really stuck out to me is that I, I never, as a non-Muslim, felt that it was normal when you're concentrating, you're standing there, you know, a guy comes up next to you and, and he's urinating at the same mm. time. Did you see the game last night? You know, the weather. I'm like, this is this, weird. This, isn't it? This, is, yeah, this is weird. This is private mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Keep your space, bro, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I never really liked that, you know? <laughs> This is causing, and then I remember one time, obviously, probably being intoxicated or something. Mm. I sat down to urinate. And I was like, This is easy, you know. You don't have to keep your balance, you don't have to, you might know, miss this. You know? so, so, when I would be by myself, sometimes I would sit down. You know, you wouldn't tell someone back in the day, a oh, man has to stand up, right? Mm. The, the people look down upon that. But I mean, I found it much easier, you know, than, than having to stand. So, sometimes I would sit down. So, when I found that the Muslims would do it, I was like, Wow, you know, that, that had a huge impact on me, right? Like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Because for me, it, made, wow. it felt more natural mm. than, than, than standing, subhanAllah. Uh, so that was the second thing. The third thing was the system. Because, you know, I put goals for myself now, so I need a system. Mm. I'm looking for something that's, that gives me a system. So it's clear that, you know, what is halal, what's permissible is clear. What is haram, that is clear as well. Okay, five daily prayers, your relationship with your creator, 2.5% uh, for, for poor people we give as a, as a tax. You know, you fast 30 days a year. You go for the pilgrimage only once in a lifetime. You know, you have certain things you yeah. can do, cannot do. There are things you should do. So this was beautiful for it's me. Very
0: methodological. That's it. That's
1: the system I'm looking yeah. for. That's what I need in my life.
0: Yeah. The
1: fourth thing was, at the end of the book, he said, look, he said, it's not enough to just say the shahada or say, be, I say, I want to be Muslim. He said, you have to act on it. And you get rewarded accordingly. He said, even a Muslim can go to the hellfire. Yeah. If you don't act on your religion, you have to act. That's it. That's, that, that's, that's justice. Because as Christians, we always, like, we go to a funeral. Some dude would be, like, a, you know, from, like, a gangster or from the mafia. He's in a better place. Another devoted, good Christian who's, you know, giving charity, going to mass every day and things like this. He's in a better place now. So if everyone's in a better place, who's going to the fire? There's no you know?
0: incentives to do good, right? That's it. Yeah. You're just forgiven.
1: Just that's, that's it. As long as you believe. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You believe in Jesus Christ, your yeah. Lord and Savior. You're saved. You know. So I, I, I saw the difference. I said, no, this this is that that that's truth there. Yeah. So I read the book and I was convinced. The next day, I called my friend's father and I said, look, I said, I want to become a Muslim. He made the common mistake that all Muslims make. Oh, mashallah. What should he do now? Repeat after me, brother. Say the Shahada, you're ready. You don't need any witnesses.
0: Mm.
1: You sure? You understand? You're this. Yala, say ashhhadu, ashhhadu, and repeat after him. That's it. Mm. He said, Brother, come and announce your Shahada in front of the congregation, which is okay, no problem. But first, repeat after me. This is what he should have done. Mm-hmm. Repeat after me, and then come to the yeah. Islamic Center. So I went to the Islamic Center in Washington, D.C., and he's like, You have to say it in Arabic. I said, What? I, I, I always fail in Spanish in school, you know. I never I never passed. I can only count to six until today, you know. One of those tres, cuatro, cinco. i I'm I'm stuck after that, you know. My Spanish is not very good. So I'm like, I'm, I am i can't and speak only, another language.
0: And you only got them six numbers because of the Spanish songs, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah.
1: So I was, I was like, you know, look, I said, I need, yeah. I need, um, I can't say it. I have to say it in English. He said, mm-hmm. no, no, don't worry. It'll be okay. I'm, I'm like terrified I have to say this shahad in Arabic. I was going to make a fool of myself standing in front of, you know, all of these people who i don't know who they are mm. uh, i don't know their customs they're, they're you know they're different people and uh, coming from different countries mm-hmm. look weird to me and now i'm gonna have to say in this this mm-hmm. weird language so i come in the masjid i pray you know i shall have iman in my heart i'm ready but i, I don't have you know i haven't made my wudu or anything like this and when i'm about to what i'm about to um i'm about to say these these weird words so i end up praying uh, my little gold chain comes out and falls on the on the, on the you know the rug I, Golden earring in with the, with a diamond, you know, and um, I, um, I I prayed with the Muslims. Yet. I didn't know what I was doing, but I wasn't a Muslim yet. I got up afterwards and I made my I, I took my shahada. Alhamdulillah. So when I took my shahada, um, and I, I, we always say like in Arabic, any or like in slang Zay al asal, yani. mm-hmm. it's like honey. It comes off the tongue. It came off very easy. Alhamdulillah. They say the shahada. All the brothers come up and hug me. Which I always say this is by the way. This is. The brothers have the love and this, but it's a bit weird for us, you know, as say, but sometimes we should... We
0: do the kisses as is, well.
1: You know that might be a, that's a little too much. You have to re- rethink this thing, you know. Allahu Akbar. And then people like, to take me, Allahu Akbar. And that's like, they, you know, they're in the movies, they're hearing this, right? You know, like, this is what they do. It's true, like, though, it's yeah, true yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, so what's yeah. going on? All of a sudden, you got all these dudes hugging yeah. you, you're like, whoa, whoa, brother, mashallah. You're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> know and i remember
0: feeling to check your wallet
1: the crazy thing was i remember that you know different customs when i first ended up going to sudan later after when i was a new muslim i asked my brother where the masjid was and he was so happy to take me what he did to me at that time i've I've been muslim for six months he held my hand Mm. and walked me to the masjid a very long walk and for me it's like i felt like i wanted to die you know i was like another man holding your hand i was like this is Gross! This is really bad, you know. <laughs> obviously, living in Muslim world for all this, it became like custom. You know, your brother yeah. grabs you, takes you. It became normal later, obviously. But when How I was, did
0: at... you feel when you was they were eating with the hands and putting yeah, yeah. meat yeah. in front of you? Yeah, that's put... you're just You're like throwing I, when the I at first you. Seen yeah. it, I was like, "Whoa! He did he just touch my food?" You know, he put meat in. Yeah, front yeah, of yeah. That. that's really weird. It was weird. It's, yeah. it's funny these customs, right? Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I mean, you get
1: used to it, you know, after some time, and, you, yeah. and it becomes the, the norm. actually, for you, after I, the funny thing was is for eating with the hands. My stepmother used to kill me because I used to hate, yeah, I was always eat with my hands. She like, Oh, what are you doing? You fork and knife. Mm. Even till today, I'm really not good with the fork and knife. I, I'm more like a spoon hand guy, yeah. you know? So, subhanAllah. So, for, for me, that was actually easy to adjust to, subhanAllah. And, alhamdulillah, I took my shahada. That was in uh, the beginning of 1994, January mm. 1994. And yeah. after that, I fell in love with, with the sunnah of the Prophet, sallam, you know?
0: Inshallah.
1: And he, I wanted to do everything. I would read anything I hear it was a sunnah, I would practice on it right
0: away. So yeah. I just want to make it clear. I know you always have a go at me, right? My beard was big before, right? Literally a couple of days ago, I went. I'm we're in Turkey right now, so I went. I just said, "Look, just just take, you know, the rough parts off." And the guy just went hacking at my beard. So I problem, just want man. to make that clear, like, right? It was I was <clears> doing all right because I know you always have a go at me, saying uh, why are you playing with your, your beard.
1: That's a bit better than I used to be. <laughs> <alhamdulillah>. <laughs> used to be, <laughs> You're getting there, Alhamdulillah. 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 alhamdulillah.
0: So you uh, fell in love with the sunnah and-
1: Yeah, yeah, alhamdulillah. So, I mean, my, my beard obviously took some time to grow. But even before I was a Muslim, I didn't used to shave my beard, by the way. Mm. I mean, for me, I, I, I always felt it wasn't like a manly thing to do. Mm. I remember one time I got in a bit of trouble. My father sent me to military school. I was like in grade 11, so I had to shave my beard. And I, I, I had trouble adjusting to the to the thing. Like being clean shaven for me, that was mm. like, oh. And I used to go back mm. to my neighborhood and my my friends. they laugh at me. i look funny without the beard and things like this. I mean, I did have like a big beard. That wasn't... Mm. A, it's a style nowadays, obviously. Yeah, thing. yeah but it, I mean, it was funny because when I moved back to the West in 2013, when I moved to Ireland, uh, you know, you see like these guys with the big beards. I was like, I thought they were Muslim, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I saw this one Irish dude with the big beard standing in front of the message. I was like, mashallah, you know, revert, brother. I was like, salam alaikum, brother. He's like, he's looking like, what is this
0: guy talking about, you know? You know, there's a whole movement online because obviously the beard now, it's a cool thing, right? But there's a whole movement online, like people who wearing the beard, non-Muslims, saying, how can we stop Muslims saying salam alaikum to us? Yes, right. apparently, yeah. So they're like, well, you have to grow your moustache out, because then they know you're not a Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have websites speaking about this, Interesting, apparently, yes, apparently. how to you know, do your beard so that the Muslims know you're not a Muslim.
1: Actually, I, I met this guy in an Arab country, I and mean, it's, it's unfortunate sometimes. Uh, and I, I was shocked, you know, because he said to me, why would you wear your beard like this? And this guy was like an, a, 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 a head advisor in one of the you know the governments. And I was like, whoa, I was like, I mean, and, and, I would, and I wouldn't expect that, you know, li- living in the West, you would never have like someone in the UK, an MP in the UK or an advisor to the, you know, to the yeah. prime minister who would come and, and would dare, you yeah. know, to say something like that to you, you know. Yeah. But here's this guy, this Arab guy saying, why do you wear your beard like this?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And um, I, was, I was really caught off guard, but I said, it's the Sunnah. He's like, no, the times are different now. I said, what are you talking about? I said, this is the fashion in, in the West now. He yeah. said, no way, no way. I took out my phone and I showed him like the hipsters. So these are all you know, white non-Muslim dudes. Look at their beards Like, no, 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 this can't be. You know, I was like, yo, it, it is. And this is the this is the fashion. So we're we're the fashion makers now. You know, yeah, yeah. even wearing the 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 the, the, the pants, pants up, yeah. or the trousers, as yeah, you guys yeah, say, yeah, huh? Wear yeah. the trousers above the yeah. above the ankles, right? I mean, this is like a, a fashion now, this is from the Sunnah, right? Mm. So the guy, he was a bit, uh, you know, and I was like, why do you wear your beard like this? And I was like, you know, he's a gay, he had the short beard. I says, it's like the Ikhwan you have to be careful, you know, because And I know his country has a problem with the ikhwan right? So yeah. like, <laughs> come back at you, right? You know, so, so, but sometimes, subhanAllah, you know, this, uh, may Allah, you know, may Allah guide these brothers, Allah, Allah, the
0: Shaykh, so after finding Islam, you know, you, you know, I know that you, you went to study in Medina University. Mm. How did you, how did that come about? And how long did you stay there?
1: Okay, so basically what happened, you know, the group of Muslims who were, the, the masjid was closest to my house. It was 2.7 miles. I used to walk for the five daily prayers there back wow. in the day. I used to, always in the masjid, alhamdulillah. And one of the things that really helped me, keep me firm is that Ramadan came two weeks after I became Muslim. Hmm. So when I saw the Muslims, I'm reading about Islam, I'm looking at the masjid, Allah, Moshe is full. Everyone's got a Quran in his head. Everybody's, you know, miswak and Sunnah. And, and it's just like, you know, uh, people gathering together yeah. in the food. And I'm like, oh, this is you know, like the Sahaba. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's real, like in the books, right? I didn't realize it was one month like this. Yeah. And then 11 months of hibernation throughout the year. I didn't know that was the case. But that really helped me like with my Iman. And I said, I started to learn the Sunnah. So I, I started like, I got like a thobe, started to dress, started to wear a turban and this. And, you know, uh, started to grow my beard out. I heard about itikaf last, last 10 days, made itikaf the last 10 days in Ramadan. And I'd only been a Muslim now for like a month at that mm-hmm. time. And, uh, you know, I had some brothers, may Allah you know, bless them. They really helped me out. They helped me out with um, uh, getting away from some of the things in Jahali. Because back in the day we had the pager. Yeah. You know, where they would page you. And I had, you know, some of my, my female acquaintances who would just call and call and call. And, you know, it's, it's a test now. I'm trying to, you know, how do I get rid of them now, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know, probably you could have changed the number or something. I didn't think about that. I just bought it for $120, it was very expensive back in the day. So, this brother, his brother spoke 15 languages, Indian brother, which had a big beard, 15 languages. Uh, he said, brother, he you got know, the proper Indian accent, mashallah, <laughs> bless him, his Arabic was very good, mashallah. He said, I can help you. He said, I, I want to buy your picture," you know? And I said, um, not really what I said, he said, do you trust me brother i said yes he said sell me the pager he said i'll buy it from you for 25 cents cents yeah cents not dollars cents <laughs> he said trust me brother Sell me the pager you know so okay I, I, he's one of our elders in, in the community so I, I sold him the pager for 25 he said where are the girls calling you so i gave he got all the numbers he starts calling him back with the, you know, with the heavy-ended accent hello you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like and he said no this is my pager now and he's like please don't call again call them all back he said you know i don't feel i have a need for this pager anymore would you like to buy it? For, i sell it for 25 cents.
0: Mashallah.
1: He said, I know, oh, I didn't lie. And I said, like, MashaAllah, so, may Allah bless him. He helped me out a lot, you know, this brother. Another brother, African-American brother who I met, really helped me out a lot. And he showed me, I, I think, the two books that had the biggest impact on me after the Quran. Because the Quran prayed, played a, a very pivotal role in saving my life, honestly. Really saving my life. Because I, it was like, I read the Quran cover to cover. I said, the Bible, I struggled. After I became Muslim, I read the Quran cover to cover, and I really felt that the things that would happen to me and the challenges that I would face, I'd be, I'd be like, I'd be struggling. I find the verse that would be that. Like, yes. there. Like there's some verses and sort Hud about the ones who want the dunya, who will give it to them, but then the hereafter they have the hellfire. This is when I when when some, I was actually the the brothers um, who I became Muslim through. It was his son came back. He was like Stevie, you know, baby. He was like, come on, you got, you got. Got to make your money. It's like you're a Muslim. He said, that's "Cool." Mm. He said, "Leave the you know," because he ordered some pork. He said, "No, no, don't worry. We're having we dinner one time." He's like, "You know," but, he said, you're, "You're a money maker. You, you you do good at your thing." I was like, "Yeah, you're right," you know. He's like, he's like, you know, God's, God's not going to judge you, you know, if as long as you're good inside. Mm. Leave some of the other bad things. He said, I'm with you on." He said, "Even I'm trying to become a better Christian now."
0: Mm.
1: He said, "You know, I'm, I'm trying to become more devoted." He said, "We got to make our money. God's not going to judge us for that, mm. you know. God knows you." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Like, that's makes sense." So I I come out to go re-up as we would say, you know, mm-hmm. buy some more so I can get back into the business. You know, make my money, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the masjid. Mm-hmm. So basically the idea I told you about Christianity before, mm-hmm. now it's gonna happen but through Islam and through the masjid and through, the, through Christianity through the church. This is what's gonna happen mm-hmm. now. He was busy so he said, you know, so-and-so is gonna take care of you. I'm sitting there waiting, I'm calling, i calling, calling, the guy's not answering the phone, something happened, didn't show up. So I ended up getting back on on, on the Metro, going back to my house. When I get back home, I open up the Quran and I find these verses in Surah Hud. Subhanallah. Subhanallah, subhanallah. And after this, I was just like, you know, that's it. I said, uh, I said that, that. I said I'm never gonna do that again because I'm not gonna risk mm. my hereafter mm. for. Uh, you know, for something just in, in this dunya, the game, so alhamdulillah, that helped me. So, that's an example of, of, of the verses.
0: You know, you find this all the time that when you, you, you're going through a trial or you're going through a test or whatever it may be, mm. and you find that ayah, it just pops out that's of it. the Quran, right? And at, the
1: end, at the end, remind me, at the end, inshallah, the episode, I can show you uh, the in inshallah, who so we can come, perhaps come back to him so the, the brothers and sisters can benefit from those verses, inshallah. Tana. Um, but this brother showed me, he gave me two books, I think, really. Made me who I am today. And one of them was the book of Tuhid written by our Sheikh, Dr. Bilal Phillips. May Allah preserve him and bless him, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Actually, the Sheikh is my relative, as you know, relatives, Alhamdulillah. So that's that's something amazing that, you know,
0: 1994,
1: 18 year old Muslim in America, I read this book who who really influenced me. And later, my son marries his daughter. You know, yeah, it's Allah. it's amazing. Allah. You know,
0: Akbar. you know, it was Dr. Bilal's video that helped me as well. Allah. Akbar. Yeah. yeah just,
1: look Allah at Allah that. Allah you know. Subhanallah. I Subhanallah. It's a good book, my friend. So I read the, his book about Tawheed, about monotheism, and the book about Sifat al-Salat, the description of the Prophet's prayer mm. by Shaykh al Al-Bani, Rahimahullah mm. Quran, Sunnah, taken from the Sunnah, 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 Sunnah. Not not blind following any madhab. So that you know that that to me the Quran and Sunnah, pure Tawheed. That really, you know, kind of shaped how I understood Islam and how I went after that. Mm. So these Asian brothers who were in the local mosque, they were like, you know, don't if you, real knowledge Pakistan, India. Mm. I'm like, I'm not gonna go learn my Islam through through Urdu. You know, it's like this doesn't make sense. But they were like, Saudi Arabia, be careful, evil people. You go there, they're spies. They're following you and stuff like this. And I'm like, well, I'm coming for like a background. I don't want to mess with any police or any people following me around.
0: Robbies. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: I, 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 that was later. I realized this issue, right? I didn't understand yeah. that then. I was a new Muslim, but I didn't want any people messing with me. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to go to that, that evil place, you know. Even was like, you can go for Umrah. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to go there, you know. <laughs> I was stuck for love. I was really scared to go there, you know. So, but I mean, once again, we've come back, and and, and common sense. Let's think mm. about it. I'm not going to go learn my Deen. Mm. In, in Pakistan or India, I'm sorry. I, a lot of great scholars. There are scholars, by the way, to be fair, there are institutes in Pakistan that I know of, even in India, where the, the main curriculum is Arabic. That's different. Yeah. The ones they were talking about was Urdu with Arabic on the side. And I'm like, no way, I'm not gonna learn my Deen like this. My Deen is gonna learn in Arabic. So I have to go to an Arab country. As most Americans, we don't know anything about, uh, except for the, the 50 states, if we know that much. We don't know what's happening in Canada, yeah. the UK, we don't know who, who, who what's in the UK. You know, we, we know America. So I know you're asking about Arab countries. I know, I know Egypt. I know Saudi Arabia, which I can't go there, obviously, now. And that's about it. I met Sudanese brothers in the masjid. And those are, those are nice brothers, man, mashallah. May Allah help them in the situation there now. The, the, the situation in Sudan is very, very difficult. Uh, they're being tested. May Allah help them, Rabbi So the Sudanese people are very beautiful people. Very calm, very, calm, very, very, very soft. Very, I, I you know the hospitality they have. Very, very beautiful people. So I really like the Sudanese. So I'm thinking, like, Arab country, where can I go? So this imam in America comes into his masjid. We're in Baltimore, Maryland. Comes to this big Sudanese, though, you know, his big Sudanese turban. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to Sudan. I love the Sudanese. Went up to him and talked to him. Said, I want to go learn Arabic and Islam in Sudan. Had no clue what Sudan was, what was going on there. I looked in the encyclopedia when I went home to my dad's house. I saw, like, some camels and stuff like that. So I said, I hope it's not still like that, you know? It wasn't far off though, I'll tell you when <laughs> I got there, Alhamdulillah, but uh, it wasn't camels, but it was it, it was tough, man, Alhamdulillah. So I ended up, I said, I want to go to Sudan, I'm going to study there. This is like mid-90s. 94, 94. 94 yeah. he, so I'm, we're talking about mid-94. Yeah, so he, 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 he helped me, wrote me some recommendations. You no, know, no, There's no telephones there, there's no this. The way I went to Sudan now, there's no way I would have done it nowadays with, mm. the, with the communication we have now. If somebody wasn't waiting for me at the airport, no way I would have traveled. Mm. Here I'm 18 years old, going to a strange land. But once again, I think I'm going to the land of the Muslims. Sahaba. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking it's gonna be like I'll be Like, right you know, there, I'm right. thinking I'm gonna find that there. I'm still yeah. a bit naive. I'm new Muslim. I didn't I didn't know where it was going on. So I'm gonna go overseas, I'm gonna study now. I'm, I'm going to Sudan, Bismillah. I get my ticket, Alhamdulillah. Some brothers in the States they helped me with the, with the tickets. I was going to seek knowledge. May Allah bless them. Uh, I learned a little bit in Islam, a little bit uh, about Islam in America, alhamdulillah, a bit about you know, some, some about the, the, the letters. And I, I started off with, you know, uh, some basics and, you know, Alif Bata and what have you in, in, in America, the basics of Islam, alhamdulillah, I had all that. So I get on the plane, almost missed the flight, it was crazy. I got the, on the flight in Baltimore, went to JFK, never been to New York in my life except for that, even though we live only four hours away. Uh, but i never would go to new york it was cuz we were very into the way, issue my my stepfather his uncle uh, his his brother had a huge restaurant in new york so my family would always go to new york but for me i was very you know hood orientated you know we're from dc area and we don't go there you know mm-hmm. and uh, unless you, uh, you we wouldn't want to go to different places we want i want to stay in my local area all the time so i never went to new york so i was just mm-hmm. at the airport so i'm in the airport and i'm i'm wearing a a thow. I'm traveling my thob, you know, I'm Muslim, I'm not wearing the clothes of the kufar, man, you know, that's, that's how I was a Sunni Muslim, Yeah. so I'm traveling my thob, so these two Sudanese brothers, beautiful brothers, and you know, they come up to me, give me salam, say, where are you going, I was like, I'm going to Sudan, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. us too, you know, so we, went to, we ended up going to Heathrow, Heathrow caught a flight, then so they used to have direct flights to Sudan back in the day, we caught the, the flight on Sudanese airways, so they took me, like, who's going to meet you at the airport, I was like, I don't know, I'm try to contact like, this brother, they knew mm-hmm. calling a person in Sudan probably is not going to work, and alhamdulillah, they so they took me to their house. I stayed with them for some time, and so we ended up finding this brother. Is this your
0: first time outside of the city? Yeah,
1: never been outside the city. No, no, it actually stuck for love. No, I went out when I was when I was uh, 1988. Mm. We took a trip in, in in Europe with my family from Germany and then yeah. to Italy, Switzerland, U- Yugoslavia at the time. Man. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Africa's a different, different world altogether, man. Yeah, that was that was totally different. So when I arrived there, and I, the hospitality, you know, walking to the masjid here in the Adan, I, I liked it, you know. Mm. Um, as I was settling in, probably the second week, someone pickpocketed me. You know, so now all my money, all my money is gone. My Same birth certificate. All I got left is my passport. You know, and uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't realize it because I, I would go in the most rough neighborhoods in D.C. That year I was living in D.C. I lived in D.C. before I left. I moved from my st- inside D.C. with some brothers. It was the Myrtle Capital of America. Hmm. Talking about the percent of how small it was, like over 500 killings in that year. In and in the small area of D.C. it was huge. And, I, and as I was living you hear gunshots every night. It was, it was, it was crazy. I, it calmed down a bit now, but it's still, it's still rather rough. I would walk through there at midnight, 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And even I remember, because sometimes you don't understand the text properly. So mm-hmm. if, if you see a catheter on the path, don't give them the path. So these guys are on the corner hustling. I'm walking through them, you know. I'm not going to give these catheters the path, you know. So I bumped into one of them. And he was like... Who's this? He turns around and we So, like, oh, oh, Muslim. Like, All right, go ahead, man. You know, so that that's the type of respect from the African Americans that mm-hmm. we get in, in America as Muslims. They, they they respect Muslims. Alhamdulillah. So I'm coming from like you know the hood being respected. now as a Muslim. I'm not thinking I'm going to come to a Muslim country and get robbed, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but I get pickpocketed. Like <laughs> the, 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 within 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 uh, two,
0: less than two weeks. And you feel quite a bit embarrassed if you're from that back, like yeah, 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 that's your it, you kind know, of background. Yeah, right? like, out. how did someone do get, that? Get me out. Yeah.
1: And I, I was just so relaxed that I didn't yeah. think it would happen. Subhanallah. So, uh, alhamdulillah, bless me with with, with the, there was a Nigerian brother who you know looked out for me, was taking care of me. Uh, he had some you know a uh, little, little bit of uh, you know special treatment because he he was a handicap, and also he had a good relationship with the with the people in charge of the university that I went to study there in Sudan. So he got me some special treatment as well. Got some, you know, they give me a little bit of extra food and things like that. So I'm like, I, I, I was doing okay, but then I got malaria. And I'll tell you what, it's tough. <laughs> and I was like, it's time to go back to America, you know. But then I, I realized, I realized that other brothers that I met, handfuls of them, in the states who went out to study, found difficulties. I'm going to come back. Establish myself a little bit more in America and then come back out, never came back out. Mm. So I said, you know what? I said, I'm gonna stick this out. And then how was the malaria? I said, think about the worst flu you ever had, and that mm. was amazing. That flu you're mm. talking about was just a beautiful feeling, you it's know. Normal.
0: Malaria is, is, is a is
1: a different different it's beast, tough. man. So I had that for you a know week.
0: That, that feeling once you get better is the best feeling in yeah. the world. Though, well, what it. happened you is know it, that? It,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Bro, I'm I'm talking about like six days, I, don't know. I couldn't eat anything. For, for like four and a half, five days, I couldn't drink anything.
0: You are shaking as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: The, the 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 fever was so hot, mm. and it's just like I, I I'm 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 I, I take a sip of water and I vomit like a gallon. But there's nothing in my body. Where's it coming from? And you know, it's just it was tough. It was tough. You know, it was, mm. it was really, really, really difficult. You know, I went mm. through a very difficult time. You know,
0: it's scary. But, I mean, you know, when I first had malaria, I thought I was gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, it's really scary
1: right? and, 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 and you know what found you know really helped me relax Abu Bakr al-Shatari. he was probably a young guy that time mm. i think you know but his tape it was so i think it was sort of and some other surahs with it and I, I just used to listen to that and i just found my relax- relaxation in listening it's to hilarious. the quran otherwise i probably wouldn't have made it through man and i had these brothers may allah bless them these brothers from nigeria they took care of me you know hand and feet and yes, they they, were, they would take me to the to the place i couldn't wash my feet i couldn't i was so weak for wudu, they would wash my feet for me so I could make wudu and pray, man. Oh. And some of them, may Allah bless them, make dua mm-hmm. for them, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Some of them, they had their wives with them, you know, wives mm-hmm. with them, you know, Nigerian brothers. <laughs> These are their brothers with brother, the Nigerians, man. They're you know. Alhamdulillah, he's like, uh, I walk in the house, he's like, yeah, got all my wives with me, alhamdulillah, they're all here, you know, they, they work together. I was like, inshallah, this is it, alhamdulillah. So they would, they would, you know, their wives would send, send, send me food and things like that, alhamdulillah, until I recovered. One week, I'm getting better. The third week, I get malaria again. So that's my right? <laughs> <laughs> I got
0: <it> a few. <laughs> <I'm still under. laughs> yes <Yeah>, so, <laughs> so the the, the, the third really week really I better. get malaria again,
1: man. So mm-hmm. I'm like a month now with, with malaria. The second mm-hmm. time was was much easier than the first time. It was a bit up and down, you know, but subhanallah. Yeah. I, that, that was the first challenge. And then the second challenge was realizing now that you know this poor white boy from America living in Sudan they're actually not going to marry you. I thought maybe I, they they'd hook mm. me up with a the sister there, right? You know, but I, then I realized, you know, being poor in this, it's not like the days of the Sahaba. The books you would read that they would they would still marry you mm. if you don't got a job and money.
0: Mm.
1: They're not going to give you their daughters, you know.
0: So, so your white privilege wasn't kicking it over yeah, there. Man, yeah. No
1: privilege there, man. If you don't you got you money, need, they
0: need the dollar. Yeah,
1: it, it is what it is, man. Yeah. You know, they're not into money, but at least you have to you have yeah, to be able you prove that you yeah. can support them, which is it makes sense. But I didn't. Uh, I'm I'm reading the books. Mm. Sahaba no money, you know, and. He's getting married, right? But yeah. it wasn't happening. So I realized it's not going to happen after mm. some time. And you know, I'm struggling now, man. I'm coming from Jahiliyyah. You know, you know what I'm talking about background. Six months in America. Mm. Now two, three months in Sudan. It's starting to get difficult. What am I going to do? How am I going how, how to do this? I, I, how, how long am I going to last? I had a copy of, which actually the brother had given me, the brother I became Muslim, he gave me a copy of Riyadh al mm. So I started reading through the introduction about the biography of Imam al taala. And they said that he never got married, which is not something praiseworthy. But that he he mm. devoted himself, he dedicated. He was probably just too busy mm. to even think about getting married. Like Ibn Taymiyya, the same thing. So they were so busy with knowledge, never got married. So that was an incentive. They said if other people could have done it from did our they scholars,
0: have, did they have concubines?
1: Allahu alam. Many, but uh, actually, some, something interesting when it comes to the issue of the of the concubine. Or this, that two of the great imams of the scholars of hadith, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal and Ishaq ibn Rahwaya. Some pronounce it Rahway, which is the linguistic, but the scholars of Hadith pronounce it Rahwaya. Uh, they were they were very close friends. So they traveled together seeking the knowledge of Hadith. Obviously they don't have their wives with them. It became very difficult. So Ishaq decided you know, to get the concubine for, for himself and you know, make life easier for himself. But Imam Ahmed decided to be patient. But he said he would hear, obviously, and you know living next to each other in separate rooms next to each other I was there over there but he remained patient but it's hard decided not to remain patient so yeah, people are different when I read the book Imam Noe I said okay so if other scholars could have done it and I want to become a scholar hmm. this might be the I've said temporary at least for you know maybe you know ten years or whatever until I become a scholar I'm gonna have to go you know without being married Alhamdulillah bless me I only waited like another six months or four months end up getting married Alhamdulillah but uh, it, it, that was one of the challenges, so alhamdulillah mm. I, I, went, I got through the sickness, I, I started seeking knowledge mm. but I realized after some time, actually some of the brothers realized me, Allah bless them but you know sometimes you need your brother's advice mm. they said look man, they said Sudan, it's our country, we like, we like Sudan You know, Allah blessed me with a brother, he was actually um, a Sudanese brother who was really into following the Sunnah he was very far away from Islam, he studied English in the UK his mm. English was really really good you know he was from a very, you know, like high-class family, but then Allah guided him to Islam later, and he wasn't praying or anything like that. Allah guided him to Islam, and he became, you know, he fell in love with, with the, the teachings of Sheikh Al-Bani, rahimahullah. So he kind of took me under his wing and took me into his house and let me live with him, and he was just teaching me, you know, all the teachings of Sheikh Al-Bani. So I know the, the fiqh of Sheikh Al-Bani inside out through this brother. Alhamdulillah. So what happened is, you know, him with some other brothers. One of the brothers who was a, a student of Sheikh Al-Baz, rahimahullah. He said, look, he said, Abdurrahim, he's a you know, his good brother, he's, he's, uh, he's passionate about seeking knowledge. How far is he going to go in Sudan? The situation here is, it's tough. Life is difficult, you know. So even if he has the passion, there's not much he can do here, you know. He said he needs to go to Saudi and
0: mm-hmm.
1: study with the scholars there. Mm-hmm. So he said, look, he said, I'm going to hook you up. I'll give you a recommendation, go to Sheikh Mbaz and, and go to Saudi. I ended up going there and uh, studying. I didn't meet to get to meet Sheikh Mbaz in the beginning. but I met some good brothers, who who, who helped me out. Uh, stayed in mecca for some time then i ended up moving to jeddah end up learning all of the basic fundamentals there uh my arabic i learned book book one of of the medina series i learned what you know you know how to read there's another one it's called so the sheikh was teaching me his 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 mother and all of their you know with their isnad they they he learned it from her he was yemeni brother he taught me that you know uh alifata you know, Alif e e Alif And mm. then also you get to all the way to the end, you could properly read. So then I was reading Arabic. I started to be able to read the Quran properly. I had a I had a tajweed teacher. Yeah. Um, it was actually one of the one of the Amirs, may Allah bless him. He kind of he gave me permission to stay. Because they, they were they were arresting people who didn't have resident visa. So he, he would say, I'm going I'll make you an a for yourself and he gave me a a piece of paper. Whenever I get stopped, I just you know have my paper mm. where I would have permission to stay in, inside the country. And he got some private teachers for me and stuff like that. May Allah bless him. Uh, teach me the, the Arabic Khat, uh, Tejweed, from a, a teacher who is actually a Quran teacher from Egypt. And um, the Yemeni brother, he was teaching me basic stuff. I memorized the 40 hadith through him as well. Memorized the Surah 3 through him. I was a new Muslim, Alhamdulillah. Mm. I was blessed with my first son, Abdurrahman, as I was living in Jeddah as well uh, during that time. He's the one who married Dr. Bilal's uh, daughter, MashaAllah. And he's, he's with me now in Turkey, here now, Mashallah. teaching with me as, as well, Alhamdulillah. Mm. He just graduated from Malaysia. May Allah bless him and his family, Ya Rabbil Alameen. So Alhamdulillah, um, there was during that time that uh, later, a couple months later, I was able to meet Sheikh Mbaz. And I remember I walked into his majlis in Mecca, and, and Sheikh used to help all the poor people. He would he'd give like a time, an time, everyone come in, Sheikh, I can't pay my rent, Sheikh, my wife's about to have a baby, Sheikh, I'm about to be deported, I need money for this, money for that. And he would give, give to the, the poor people, SubhanAllah. Even when he died, he was in debt, he used to give so much, he was in debt. That he died and he had nine million reals in debts
0: Subhanallah.
1: Now upon hearing this our brother uh, Raji, so the owner of the bank may Allah bless him mm-hmm. um, Who's the poorest billionaire in the world by the way because he gave <laughs> all his money as sadaqah yes, gave yeah. everything that he owns he, he immediately paid the debt and he, Where the shaykh got buried mashallah. or as soon as the sheikh was buried mashallah, mashallah. may Allah bless him So I saw the shaykh I went inside now, for me, I, I, don't, I don't like begging. You know, people beg. I said, "No, this, this, is not, this, this is not my cup of tea." I took my recommendation. And I just I left. I walked out. I said, "You know what? You're not going to find another opportunity." I said, "At least try." Mm. So I walk inside. Now I walk up to the guy because they told me. So you're going to see this guy, mm. uh, and you're going to give him uh, in the paper, and, and he'll read to the sheikh. Mm. So I knew I was what I was supposed to do. So I gave it to the guy who was reading to the sheikh, and he was giving. I remember he was, he was answering a fetev for a sister in France at the time. On the phone. So he's answering was, he's, he's helping out people. Anyways. I gave my recommendation. He put it on the bottom of the pile. The pile is this big. Literally. I said, he's not gonna, I could stay here for two weeks. He's not going to read my letter. He said, what can I do? I sat down. So I'm looking, you know, amazed. The sheikh's in front of me. Finally, i seen him face to face. As he gets off the phone, the reader. This, this is from a student in Sudan. He takes out. The khitab, the letter from the puts it on the top. He said, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Minas Shaykh Uthman ibn Abdillahil Habboob. Minas Sudan. And he starts to read it, you know. And this is the Shaykh's student. He used to be the Sheikh's private driver and the Sheikh's private reader who would read to him. Okay? Mm. May Allah bless the Sheikh. Shaykh Uthman. I mean. so I'm getting goosebumps yeah. thinking, about Wallahi, I'm thinking about it. It's a really a touching story, subhanAllah. The Shaykh, when he... when he, The Shaykh praised me, honestly, in the, in the letter. I said, maybe praised me a bit too much, Shaykh Uthman. He praised me, uh, you know, about me and my passion for the deen and seeking knowledge. The sheikh, when he heard the, the recommendation, Allah, the biggest smile I've ever seen, you know, from the shaykh ever, Mashallah. Wow, okay. He said, I know who, I know who, where is he, where is he? So I stood up, I went up, and said, I'm here, shaykh, and I, I kissed the shaykh on his head. He said, sit down, sit down. He said, Islam, how'd you become a Muslim? This start talking to me. The whole majlis now, it's like they're not there, you know, it's just wow. me and the shaykh. You know? it's, just, <laughs> it's, just, it's just me and the shaykh. You know? He's asking me, and he start, so he starts to write a letter of a recommendation for me and because Sheikh Othman said if he can study in Mecca and dar al-hadith so I, I, he started to write to this i said no no i said i want to go to medina i want to study in medina sheikh mm-hmm. and he then changed it. he said okay he said from Abdul Aziz ibn Abdul Imbas to maaliya sheikh sheikh Saleh ibn Abdullah Al-Aboud who was the mm-hmm. the head of the university during that time and he said this is our brother you know this recommend mm-hmm. recommend and this he said you know make sure he gets accepted basically is what it means in, yeah, in the university he told me something, I thought about it you know, mm. uh, maybe a, a year or two later, he said, if you don't get accepted in Medina, he said, come back to me in Riyadh, he said, I'll make a, a, a private visa for you under me, mm. under my sponsorship, and we'll teach you in Riyadh.
0: So, I thought, I
1: said, man, I said, you should have just studied right there, I said, I'm, I'm with you, Shaykh, I'm not going anywhere, you know, so, uh, this no, is what I want, I and mean, that would have been better than Medina. Yeah. But, alhamdulillah, Medina was a lot of khair and barak at the same time, but that, mm. I really wanted to be in Medina at that time and study mm. with the scholars there, and that was my intention. Mm. and then comes the wait you've applied for Medina yeah. this is the, this is the this is the torture bro and and any brother watching this video now who applied and thousands of brothers in the West have applied and haven't got accepted this is the the wait eight months nine months until the the new acceptees are, are listed and it was getting very difficult for me so I talked to some of the Mashiach who were close to Sheikh Baz again or some of my friends, and I said, you know, I, I said, I don't, I don't know if I got accepted or not. So I really want to get in. Mm. They talked to the sheikh. The sheikh wrote a second recommendation for me, mm. handed it to me. And by the way, both of them handed it to me in hand. Usually, they, they're supposed mm. to, that. I got both of my recommendations in hand. So I'm coming out with these recommendations. I'm going to the university. One of my friends called someone he knows inside the university. He said he got this recommendation. going go, And he looked in the community. He said, no, no. He said, he's accepted. He said, mm. he said if he wants to go to... Meet the meet the mudir again and give him and it's mm. that's okay. So I kept it with me. I never gave it because I already knew I was accepted after that. Mm. So I got accepted, but I, I had I had a problem with my. I, I didn't have my degree with me, and you know, I wasn't into all this degree stuff. Even if I hadn't finished high school. I ended up going back and finishing. Um, so I, you know, I had I had a rough jahiliya, as I was saying. Mm. So th- they they said you don't have your certificate with you, and I brought my certificate. It wasn't certified from America. Mm. So You have to certify it. And they said since it's not, they said this. We don't know. They said we'll put you in. To the, to the what do you call it? To the um, higher, uh, what do you want the, the middle school, mm. middle school level. That means the money I'm getting is only like two hundred a month. I have my wife with my kid with me, mm. and I'm like, you know, how we're we supposed to survive? So a brother also spoke to Sheikh mbaz and he's you know sent me some money to help me out get, to get started. Twice he helped me out, Mashallah. Yes, in one time I, I remember in Mecca, I, I, and he said, uh, he said the accountant's not here. He said, is it okay if he sleeps over at my house until tomorrow morning? I was like, yeah, you better believe it's okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm having private meals with Sheikh Mbaz, you know, Sleeping over at his house in Mecca. I was like, yeah, this is. It, it was interesting because one of the brothers said, he said, how are you surviving? You know, mm. I said, I'm I said, no, Allah makes it easier. You know, so we went and talked to the Sheikh. I didn't even know. You know, he said, Sheikh wants you to spend the night at his house. I didn't know what was happening. I said, is it okay. I said, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, so I just, and after Fajr, he comes and gives me an envelope. You know, and he said, you can you know use this to help you out until you you, you know things become easier okay. for him, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, so uh, several times the shaykh, you know, he looked out for me, may Allah bless him. So that, that was my story until I you know, ended up reaching Medina Alhamdulillah and that was um, I believe 1996-97 something mm. like that, maybe 96, yeah, when I arrived in Medina Alhamdulillah.
0: SubhanAllah, so, so how, long, how long was you in Medina for?
1: I stayed in Medina 10 years, I took the okay. bonus plan, so we prolonged our stay like that. So I, I stayed for actually 9 years in the system mm-hmm. like that and then in the 10th year Actually, I had gotten you know sick. I had a back problem, and they had all this in my file, so I could also use that now, mm. for, to kind of you know do things the way I wanted to do it. You know, mm. so if, if I had an exam where it's, I need to study too long, I I, I didn't go because they said, "What? Why didn't you come?" I said, "I can't. I can't have my back. It's right there. I'm not. Mm. I'm not allowed to sit mm. for long periods of time." You guys got mm. you know ten exams I have to take in within a week. Mm. I said, "It's too much. My back can't handle That's it." So I would able, so so that actually prolonged me for the tenth year, mm. and then they ended up you know saying, "Okay, you have to stay for this until." I thought I was going to stay one extra week. They said, you have to stay for the summer. I was like, fantastic. Because you know? mm. I wanted to finish different... I wasn't planning on going anywhere anyways. I said, you guys got to mm. catch me. I'm not, I'm not leaving. Even though they had taken my visa, they ended up giving it back to me to stay for an extra year or an extra six months. Mm. And then my wife was having a baby, so we had to stay an extra six months. So it was fantastic. Because mm. so I had certain books that I wanted to finish. And some, from the objectives that I had, I noticed many of the brothers from the West, they hadn't finished the traditional types, uh, types of, of study. Mm. They had, more so now, a lot of them have. But during my time, most of them were just more what's in the university which is good mm. but my main focus was outside of the university
0: mm.
1: so we had 25 periods a week in the university and I counted up one time the studies uh, or the halakat, the circles I was going to outside with the scholars also I had 25 different outside mm. as well so that the, and, he, and we studied the traditional way mm. whether it be in an Arabic grammar naho, and even in mm. aqidah uh, mm. and and you know like the, the explanation of the yeah. tahawiyyah with my with my sheikh, uh, reading it that to him completely and um, with my sheikh and, and fiqh studying zaidi mustaqni, you know, cover mm-hmm. to cover, mm-hmm. make sure I finished that traditional way of studying fiqh and, and and other things. So I finished that during that time, and after ten years, then I ended up moving on, uh, going back to Sudan, mm-hmm. and then you know, starting in education in mm-hmm. Dawa and, and, and media and what have you. Okay. After that,
0: sheikh, you 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 told me that basically in your time in Medina, you kind of of course, Islam in the West was fairly new you know, in terms of still trying to kind of find its feet, if you like. Mm. And, um, you know, you said that during your time becoming a student, you know, a lot of students, they're very kind of zealous for the religion, but sometimes not understanding things properly, uh, taking things out of context. And you told me that you went through your period of kind of being kind of like very tough and hard. Um, You know, how, how did this come around and how did you kind of, Become I would say like more balanced
1: I think a lot of it goes back as I said several times in the beginning uh, mm. of the podcast common sense and that mm. I think a lot of times people don't use their common sense, and that's why they, mm. they go astray and the when you're young, when you're new you, you most people are overzealous mm. and that's why i I did a, a video I don't know if you saw it on my youtube channel with sheikh husseini mm. about, you know and because I, I always visit him when i go to malaysia i said this time yeah. I, I took my, my my son when we were filming yeah. he had his you know he brought his, his crew into film as well yeah. i said Let, let's benefit let's make it more alive because he, he sheikh hussein has got gems man Very nice,
0: sheikh Mashallah. bro i'm talking
1: about I, he became muslim before i was born
0: Subhanallah. he was
1: in medina him and dr Blay before i was born so i'm like these, these are our elders they, they've been through it when he yeah. and the, the the thing is like you know one of the things that saved me in jahiliya from getting in too much trouble is I used to hang out with the with you know we we'll call the elders the older 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 dudes who they would explain say you know don't do this don't mm-hmm. do it like this you're gonna go to jail you know I th- my mentors like like the one who accepted Islam number his father he told me he said I was 15 years old with no driver's license driving a brand new Jaguar
0: mm-hmm.
1: what it's am I doing bad. for a living it's and that's bad. why I ended up going to jail he said mm-hmm. if you're gonna have a Jag don't drive around every day like, like I said when I put my goals then have that hidden somewhere and then you know when you go out to the club or whatever like that's different right but you know and go out in a different area not mm. your area obviously but you know he said you know be smart
0: mm.
1: you know if you if you're trying to make it you're trying not to go to the objective is, is, is to live a nice life not to go to mm. jail you know so I was like, okay that, that made, made sense so even now when I became Muslim as well to take from the elders but you you, you go through that that stage mm. and unfortunately in Medina during that time it was actually some of the scholars who used to fuel this fire mm. even though common sense you look at the, the big three from our scholars, mm. Shaykh Mbaz, Shaykh Sheikh uh Shaykh Al-Albani, mm. none of them were like that. Mm. None of them were on this hardcore, you know, so-and-so's on, so-and-so's off, talking about other people. If, if someone made a mistake, they refuted it. Yes, that's part of the menhaj. That's part of the correct methodology. If you make a mistake, I'll, I'll come out and say it, no problem. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna talk about you. Yeah. John Fontaine made a mistake. Mm. I advise you maybe you didn't take my advice bismillah i made a video on youtube now refuting mm-hmm. you but when i see you how is it going to be mm-hmm. how would Sheikh mbaz if he refuted you uh, john salam you know that's mm-hmm. how they were the scholars still yeah still were, still the we're still brothers yeah. you 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 have the same aqidah that i have yeah. but you made a mistake in this issue mm-hmm. you disagree with me on the same issue mm-hmm. but the, the brotherhood is still there mm-hmm. Sheikh mbaz and Sheikh al they're they different on issues mm-hmm. and some people don't realize you know they talk about the khwarij. Who went against the the the, the, the saudi government sheik al-bani did the same thing mm. but you let him slide he, he gets a pass for that talking mm. about the gulf war issue yeah yeah sheik al-bani was right with the ones who went against the government mm. said it's not permissible but yet the brotherhood was still there between and the respect mm. was still there for for all of them
0: Subhanallah. you know even
1: you know issues of, of the issue of uncovering the face and things like that mm. at and in, in the saudi society at the time was looking at something being big sheik al-bani was you know this mm. is my opinion he followed it mm. he believed in it yeah you know but the, the brotherhood was still there they didn't let these issues come between them. But unfortunately, these people, and, and unfortunately, if you really look into it, and I, I don't know if this has ever been said before in the English mm. language, there's something I noticed. A lot of them, they're from certain tribes, mm. which are looked down upon in Saudi Arabia. There you have, you know, the, the ones from Qasim, as, as King Faisal said, these are the men of the country. Mm. People of Qasim. Mm. They're the ones who have the, the, the status. Mm. And these other tribes, whether it be the tribes from, some from Medina, the, the, some of the Bedouin tribes, or the tribes from the south, who are actually Yemeni, but because they're, their they're, they're area is being rented from Yemen, even till today, from, 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 from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they're looked down upon in their own society. These are the individuals who are fueling this thing with the students, like this, about mm-hmm. manhaj this, manhaj that. Does it have something to do with it that they're looked down upon in their own mm. society? That their own people, these mm. other, I'm, I'm talking, I am live in this area, they don't like them. I'm not saying it's a good thing, yeah. you don't get me wrong. I don't look down upon, yeah. you know, you're from Manchester, I'm from London, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't look... It, it is what it is, you know, but that happens in society. Yeah. Sometimes we don't realize this. Yeah. It could be some tribal stuff between these yeah. guys. Maybe, I'm just saying because I noticed that, that they don't like each other because where they're from. Both sides, now I'm saying one side's good, one side's bad, you know, so th- yeah. th- th- this type of thing, it's there. We don't, we don't realize this because we're coming from outside. But These were the certain ones in Medina from these tribes who were and he, pushing this, this, this narrative. And many of us got involved in it. Mm. You know? And we were passionate for Quran and Sunnah, we thought this was the way. Mm. But then, you know, once you start to get a little bit of knowledge,
0: yeah.
1: and you start to get a little bit of uh, experience, that's when you start to grow and, and to get out of this stuff. And I remember something very profound in the, <laughs> that happened between me and Sheikh Fahir White,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who we used to do podcast with recently, mashallah. Mm-hmm. Me and him were very, very close in the beginning. And we studied Mustalah al-Hadith, the science of Hadith, with one of the scholars of Libya. He was a, he was a, he was a master's mm-hmm. student at the time, but he was very powerful. And he was, he was like the mm-hmm. levels of the scholar of Hadith. He was killed recently in, in Libya by some of the extremists uh, Shaykh Nadir, uh, we, we know him as a Sunusi, but al-Imrani is his name. Ta'ala. So he taught me in Tahir the science of hadith. Some of this group who didn't like him, because he wasn't with them, mm. you know, or with their Shaykhs, warned us, you can't study with him. So Tahir said something very interesting to me, because he was like, you know, just starting and he was like a couple years before me. We're all new. He said that, let's not get into this stuff. He said that once we learn and we attain the knowledge, the truth is going to be clear eventually. Mm. He didn't follow that advice at that time. Either Did I, me and him ended up differing. Alhamdulillah, now we've, we've come back and come we, to we, it ends meet him. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, he's, 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 with his knowledge and his experience yeah. and also myself as well. And we, we grew out yeah. of that stuff, Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of it just comes to growing out of it. Mm. It comes to common sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Other things go back to you mm. seeing certain things when you when you have knowledge. Mm. And if, for me, seeing some of the stuff, you know, there's some issues with issues of Iman. Mm. where some of the, uh, the scholars had, had, some, had some stuff, and then a fatwas were issued by Sheikh Fouzan and others, and then these guys turned their guns on Sheikh Fouzan. I was like, oh, what's going on here, you know, mm. because he didn't agree with their Sheikh, you know. Yeah. So I, I noticed it, and it's like yeah. this chill, my Sheikh's on it, your Sheikh's off it. Yeah. So what, what, type, what type of nonsense is this? Mm. And a lot of times when you hear them talking about other, other scholars, when you go back and read their stuff, you say it's, it's actually pretty good what they're talking about, you know. Even if there's a mistake here or there, mm. does that mean that we nullify all of the good that they've mm. done? So you start to, you say, this is nonsense, you know, talking about my
0: brothers, talking about this, that, you know, so. The, I mean, the, the reason this is good to speak about, it's not just for some gossip, right? Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, people who are studying now, people who are taking that journey of seeking knowledge, they can learn from this, right? Yeah. That's you what know? I've been saying. That's yeah. why with Sheikh
1: Hussein. That's why yeah. I did it. I said, yeah. I'm telling them, brothers, learn from our mistakes. Yeah. We, that, that, that we've been through it. Don't, don't. Yeah. The Prophet yeah. والسلام, he said in the hadith. And you hadith, waste so much time That's it, on you, right? That's it, right? Gonna... Yeah, no, no, no doubt. The Prophet yeah. والسلام, he said in the hadith, he said, that the believer is not bit from the same hole mm. twice. Yeah. What's happening now? I was bit. Oh here was bit. Maybe you were bit in the beginning. Mm. So many of us were bit, but yet our, our young brothers come behind us and they say, you know what? That's the same hole that Abdurrahim and Tahir and all these other ones who were, they got bit from. You know what? I'm gonna put my hand in as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he learns once he gets bit. Yeah. But you know, and he learn, brother. Yeah. no, don't, no need for you to fall into the same mistakes. Yeah. And if the brothers learn from our mistakes, yeah. they're going to evolve as students now much faster. The time being yeah. wasted, like said, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm still memorizing the Quran. Yeah.
0: Alhamdulillah,
1: I haven't given up. I haven't given up the white flag. And shall yeah. I'm going to finish, Inshallah. Ta'ala. Yeah. But why didn't I finish back then? Because we're busy with all this, so and so, this, that, and uh, 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 wasting yeah. our time. I still have to go back to some of the old stuff I should have made firm when I was in Medina, but I was too busy with, with the manhaj and all of this, this nonsense. You know? yeah. it's, it's important it's to like, know the correct, correct menage of what it is, no doubt. Yeah. But when it, when it gets to extremes, this is what I'm talking about, you know? and, and, and your brothers who are on the, and in reality are on the same methodology as you, might differ on a, on a, on a few issues here and there, but in, and generally speaking, we're on, we're on the same page. Mm. And we're making them, you know, they're more dangerous than yeah. the, the Yehud right. What, what is Nasara. Well it's
0: a great advice, you know, just like you say, if you study, you focus on your studying, the truth will become clear. It will become yeah, very clear. clear. It's, but it's one thing knowing that. Everyone knows, knows that, that but right? The, the implementation. It, and that's the problem. Yeah.
1: And that's what we had as the problem. you yeah. we were saying the young
0: brothers, you know, learn from yeah. our mistakes. Don't fall into the same things. Yeah. I know a few brothers mm. that have, you know, they've just started their journey seeking knowledge. And, you know, this, you know, again, I'm just a bit worried. You know, they go in getting involved in things that you know they don't really understand yet, you know. And I just really hope that they just focus on the studies and not waste so much time because before you know it, 10 years has gone by, you've just wasted all this time, you know. And um, it's well, great advice. There's something very
1: important I want, I want to point out to you, but 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 before I say that, any it, it this type of methodology of refuting and, and, and getting this, it died out for a lot, a lot of time. And it, it just, it it really tore up the da'wah. If you talk to brothers from the UK before you became Muslim, even I mean, before I became Muslim, like early 90s yeah. and this, the da'wah was spreading like, like, wow, right. around the world. The da'wah was so yeah. strong. So clearly one of the objectives from different intelligence agencies around the world was to make sure that this da'wah stopped. Yeah. Because they know they know what the correct da'wah is. Yeah. And I even remember in Jafar Sheikh Idris, he told me that, you know, Going back to any, your homeland, he said, you're going you're to face some difficulty. Mm. He said, because you follow the correct methodology. He said, if you were white and Sufi, he told me this. Mm. He said, you wouldn't have a problem. Mm. He said, at least the government supports you because they know mm. that's not correct Islam. Mm. But if you're going back calling to what you're called, he said, you're going you're to face some challenges. He said, right. so be prepared. He told me very clearly. Mm. Because, you know, some of our brothers who are with us in Medina, very famous du'at, they've kind of taken a path which is closer to being a straight. Not on the same thing that we were on before, and people ask the question, "Why don't myself or others? Uh, you know, we get the message refute, refute. Why are they not speaking? And it becomes confusing for the you know the laymen in, in this. Mm-hmm. And you, why are the others? And you have certain students of knowledge who don't have really the credibility or, or the, the you know or the style, you know, the proper style to refute these individuals who are doing mm-hmm. it. So, and it's actually sometimes what their refutations make the issue. Worse than it actually is. Mm. So why are we not refuting these individuals? And the reality is, you know, we were so torn apart by this. It was just so much. It's just like you know, enough is enough. And now we just kind of, just want to. We we we've mellowed out ourselves. We we've, we've grown past that. Yeah. So even though maybe it's because it's part of the deen, maybe mm-hmm. we should. Not yeah. I've debated with you a lot yeah. about this.
0: I, I mean, you, I, you still know. do, but you you pick your battles, don't yeah, you? That's it. Yeah. I've seen that you you do. Uh, speak about things, Yeah, but you pick. You That's know, it, and, and, and you also know. you
1: don't have to always say the names. And mm-hmm. this I mean, yeah, and people who are, are intelligent are going to understand what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Like you, mm-hmm. we talked about the other day about the issue of aqida, not being important. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people understood when we made the mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the with I O U we did the um, the importance of aqida workshop. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people knew who, who we're talking about. And mm-hmm. you know? um, we brought from the text from the early scholars all the books, and I did the same one in, with you guys in Kuwait, you remember, the same course, and I think you actually yeah. put it on your website actually, of if I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah, it's on, yeah. on, your, on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um and So we, we showed the evidence, you know, about the importance of Aqidah from the Quran and the Sunnah, mm. and from the early, you know, books written by the Salaf and things like yeah. that. Um, so make it clear to the people, yeah. so that claim w- yeah. was, was refuted. So that's the way... We, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. filmed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> <Subhanallah>. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Um, so, so that's that's why yeah. people, and that's important People understand. It just you know sometimes it took it took yeah. such a toll on us during yeah. our time. It's, just, it's 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 difficult to get back the, into that. You the, know
0: the other point is that you don't, I'm not saying it's
1: not important. Yeah, that's important. But of course, it, just, it took so much of a toll. Mm. It's just kind of difficult to get back into refuting mm. and things
0: like that again. The, the other thing is as well that sometimes you're drawing attention. You know you have a big audience online. You know mm. you someone you've been on all the TV Islamic TV channels. You have a huge audience in 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 uh, mm. Facebook and YouTube etc. And the issue is, is you don't really want to draw attention to it, right? You know, you you draw in the everyday Muslim, you know, to these issues. And really, you know, they didn't know about that issue in the first place. So sometimes I feel it's better just to actually teach the truth.
1: That's a good point.
0: You you know, like, if okay, if if that's being preached on one side, you do a lecture what the truth is,
1: Hmm.
0: you know, and and, and promote that.
1: And and a good good example for that would be, to teach, and this is a mistake that we make teaching aqeedah. A lot of times we teach aqeedah, especially when it comes to the names and attributes, refuting the people of bid'ah when we do it. Mm-hmm. So we're learning our aqeedah through refutations, yeah. and we're we're losing the essence of what, yeah. what's really meant by knowing mm-hmm. the true aqeedah when it comes to Allah's names and attributes. Mm-hmm. What does Allah tell us in the Quran? Mm-hmm. Biha. Mm-hmm. Allah has the beautiful names, so make dua to mm-hmm. And the objective is not for us to. Be able to affirm and to refute this. This is this is part of Aqid, don't get me wrong, but not to learn it like that because the objective is for me to understand what are these beautiful names, what are these attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so I can attach myself mm. to my Creator and mm. as He commanded to make dua to Him through these name and, and turn to Him through these beautiful names and make, of, ma- uh, make the, dua in the,
0: to In it. the Sheikh Tahir podcast, He's actually doing a course on this right now. It's yeah, so important. A very in depth course, yeah. mashallah. The
1: brothers and he, and he yeah. who are watching now. Benefit from that. because That's yeah. that's one of the things, it's one of the mistakes also that we made mm. was we studied aqidah, I believe, in in, in a wrong way. Mm. Because re- refuting, I mean, it's the, you know, okay, this is the correct aqidah, I'm not talking about that. But when it comes to just refuting others, that's not the way. But if we study the proper way from the beginning, mm. how can that aqidah impact me?
0: Mm. What benefits? What's the purpose that's, that's
1: it. Uh, what is the thamar? What is the outcome mm. for, for me when I know it with this aqidah? Right away, mm. what's gonna happen? Is that when we see something come, because you know the truth, that it's going to be easy to reject mm. to to to, to, mm. to reject that or to refute mm. that. That doesn't mean at a higher level that we don't mm. study an in depth level, because it's, it's different levels in a way. You study like you know, in any 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 knowledge, you have level one, level two, level mm. three. You, you might get to level three and four, and then start to you know refute a little bit other people' innovation and what have. You. Yes, mm. but I don't think it's, it's it's the correct way. We need to focus first, knowing what is the truth and how that truth can impact me, mm. how have an impact on me. And I mentioned a story, and we mentioned it, I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. One of the things I learned from my Sheikh, Sheikh Abdul al-Badr, is he, he mentioned something very profound. When we, as the students, were differing, this issue we'll go back to the issue of Iman, which was and he clearly what was being said by some of the scholars in Jordan was, was not from the Aqid of ahl sunnah and And it was refuted by, by Sheikh Fawzan and others, Alhamdulillah, very clear. The point being is that Sheikh Abdul he said, look, he said many of these guys who were making these refutations and talking about what's haqq and what's not, these guys are not coming to Fajr and I, and I, I could witness that because I'd see them who live in the same neighborhood with me, you wouldn't see them from Salaat al-Fajr, you wouldn't even see a light come on in their house at Fajr time and you can see as you're
0: walking by their houses. You were saying you met him as he was coming out. Yeah, he
1: was coming out from Fajr, He was coming out from Fajr. <laughs> so he mentioned something very beautiful, he said that Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned, he said, Meaning that any knowledge that does not increase you, and he mentioned this in his book, Al-Fawait, Ibn Al-Qayyim, he said, any knowledge which doesn't increase you in your Iman, he said, there's something that has entered into it. I mean, something that's not pure, that's not right. a class, it's not ikhlas, and something that's not beneficial. And that's why the Prophet, والسلام, he used to make the dua in, in the adhkar of the sabah Allahumma inna, inni as'aluka ilman naafi'a, oh Allah asks you, beneficial knowledge. And he used to seek refuge from ilmin la yanfa from you know, knowledge that doesn't benefit. And he said, that's what we need, we need to, when it comes to that. Because the reality is we've gone astray, as Muslims today, honestly, when it comes to, it's all, you know, YouTube uh, uh, clips on Instagram, what have you, that's be, it's beneficial as a reminder, but that's not knowledge. Back in the day, we were talking about this recently, uh, with, be? online, we mentioned some of this. We used to study back in the day.
0: Mm-hmm. That's how
1: we learned Islam. People would actually take a book, a classic book, and sit down with a scholar and, or a student of knowledge and have that explained to you. That's how we, that's how we learn our religion. A, the, the proper way, and, I, and that's why I believe that our our, our generation is, is much better than this one now because, uh, not saying because we're from them, but the point being is we, we, we studied Islam properly, we learned yeah. it properly through the books. Through, you're on the hat. Yeah, that's it, man. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> and they're not, yeah. So, the through the, 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 the proper channels, yeah, 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 it's true. Now, with the, a quick reminder on Instagram, that, that, that could be motivational mm. for me. That's not how I learn my religion. We have to get back to you know traditional, mm. alhamdulillah. I'm working with the brothers now in America, uh, in Zidni Institute, you know, going back and studying to the traditional texts and what have you. i am be teaching tafsir there, alhamdulillah, inshallah. starting starting uh, next fall, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah. And also, we'll teaching some other books. We have a Sheikh Bakr mm-hmm. Abu Zayd's book, I'll be teaching mm-hmm. that soon, inshallah. Um, so alhamdulillah, this uh, this way, combining between the two, going back to a traditional way of learning, and also in a, through the, the, the modern thing of being reminded on Facebook, YouTube, yeah, yeah. Instagram, what have you, that's beneficial. But it's important that people realize hey, this is this is the. Yeah. When, when, when things were going good back in the day and the Dao and Dao was very strong, this is how it was. Mm. So, I mean, that's where the barakah is and that's how we have to get back to that, inshallah.
0: Jazan Khalaf, mm. SubhanAllah, it's been a fascinating uh, meeting. Nice to come and see you again here in Turkey. And, uh, you know, hopefully and, uh, hopefully over the next few days, maybe we can do a few more podcasts so people can benefit Shana. Shana. different topics, inshallah. If me and you can stop
1: talking and chatting, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> my know, my wife's just, like, you guys haven't filmed yet.
0: Just for everyone watching, I've been here for like three days. And <laughs> we've just been catching up. Yeah, you know, know, three days, I I eating nice food, you know, enjoying it. I mean, and and that, yeah. uh, subhanAllah, you know, I'm not in a rush. You know, I'm really happy because uh, we, I'm I'm you know, I've known you for a long time, chef. I and and I know you very well. We've traveled a lot. Yeah, you know, it's good time. It's been like, what, maybe. What a year, a year and a half since...
1: I was re- really sat down, even longer. I mean, in Uganda, it was a quick, you It was know, very
0: brief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Uganda, I met you briefly at the Ayera. Yeah, that we spent a bit of well. time there in Ayera. That was, that was good. But was after that, funny has been some time. Yeah. yeah, and then, but I used to mostly uh, see you in, like, Kuwait. And, yeah, uh, alhamdulillah. And so, so, yeah, it's fun. It's nice to get that catch-up again. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So, uh, yeah, jazakallah khair, Yeah. we We'll
1: join you again
0: next time. Insha'Allah.
1: alaikum.
0: Thank you for listening to the Young Smirks podcast with me, John Fontaine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and all the other outlets. Like and subscribe and leave a comment. And also, please support us on the donation link below so that we can continue to give you quality podcasts. Thank you very much. Jazakallah khair. As-salamu alaykum wa